we're starting to watch things vamp up. And, and let me make another statement here because, because we're in a time period called the time of sorrows. And when a, ba- when a woman's having a baby, and I know this watching Lisa, and all the women will tell me I'm right, but, I, but you, you're not, you don't go into labor and just stay in it. You, there's contractions. You go in, you come out, you go in, you come out, you go in, you come out, and they intensify. When Jesus said that, that the contractions would begin, and they did in 88, 98, 98, no, no, 20, 2018, 2018. Man, I got to get my head on straight. Right before COVID, the Lord said everything changes now, and that's when it began. And a lot of people are resting now. That's because mama's not having a contraction. Is another one coming? Yes. Yeah. Is Satan going to stop because Trump gets in office? No. No. They, they fought him like H the first time. They'll fight him like H the second. They're not going to stop being stupid because they go, okay, we lost, let's all be nice. People are looking for that, it won't happen. They, they've got an agenda and they're not going to get off of it. Are y'all out there? Now see, you have to know this and, not, and, 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 and listen as I'm, what I'm talking about, where we're going. God's requiring a lot more out of you and you're, you need to learn how to walk in joy now. I mean, you know, you're going to wake up in the morning and go, I mean, joy, hallelujah. Now, there's a reason, there's a way to do it. I'm going to show you how to do it. It's, it's not, it's not, I'm not talking about just rejoice just to be hollering and jumping. We're talking, there's got to be a reason. Well, 12.1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service, and don't be conformed. The word conformed means pressed. Don't let the world press you into its mold. Right now, the world is trying to tell everybody, get in the mold. And we're going, we're not getting in the mold. And the Bible teaches you, don't allow them to. They're depressed. Satan is depressed. The world is afraid. The world is depressed. They're they're falling apart the seams. We're not allowed to fall apart with them, guys. We're not to be pressed into the world's mold, look like them, walk like them, talk like them, act like them. That, no, no, you have a supernatural joy and God wants you to start tapping that. All right. So, so having said that, because, because here's, the, here's the thing that I deal with all the time. As a pastor, Satan is going to give you trouble to get you to stop what you're doing. Do y'all know that? So why? So people say to me all the time, where is so-and-so? Well, Satan put pressure on them and they quit. Folks, I've had pressure. I've had a lot. I've, had a, I've been to hell and back three or four or five times since I've been saved. I mean, on earth, the, the stuff that happens. People think, well, it don't ever happen to you. You're a preacher. It happens to me all the time. to me more than it does you. I have a bigger target on my chest than you do. Just because I'm having trouble does not mean I'm going to yield to it. And I'm going to let it rule me. So I don't know what's going to happen at your job. I don't know what's going to happen. Thank God we live in Florida. Anybody want to say thank you we live in Florida? the freest state in the United States right now. And, and somebody said to me the other day that they were on uh, I-75 and in, and in 30 minutes they counted, I don't know, 13, 15, or 20 U-Hauls. Yeah. Folks, people are moving here in droves. I mean, they're escaping to Florida. I've heard that what's-your-face that run that, they ought to just... Oh, we don't have to believe God. She needs to get her little self back someplace else. She created the hell. She don't need to come down here in our freedom. That just, that, excuse me, that makes me mad. All right. We've enjoyed our freedom. You get out of here. Little tyrant, you. Anyway, that's enough of that. 
I have a human side too. Acts 16. Let's go to Acts 16. The Bible was written for us to read it and do it and see how other people acted in the same circumstance. Acts 16, starting with verse 6. We're going to read a story of Paul. And when they had gone through Phygia, the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Isn't that something? Why would God the Holy Ghost tell them not to go somewhere and preach? That's something to think about, isn't it? Not every door is open for you. After they came to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, and the Spirit wouldn't permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pled with him and said, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after we had seen the vision, now think about this for a minute. There's a vision here. That means that, that Paul is a man of vision, and he's a man of purpose. He has a reason He's alive. Let me ask you a question. Why are you here? Why, what's your reason? Yeah. Now, if you, you're going to look, we're going to learn something tonight that after he had that vision, Satan still tried to stop him. That didn't mean that he quit. It also didn't mean he fell apart because he never lost sight of the vision. Teresa, go out in the uh, book table, if you can find one of the bookstore, and find me The Spirit of Faith by Mark Hankins and see if there's a book out there. I left mine at home thinking I had one in my office, and I don't. Mark Hankins, Spirit of Faith. So, so li- listen to this. In a vision appeared to Paul in the night, a man of Macedonia stood and pled with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, we know that's God. After they had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go, concluding the Lord called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, go back to something I said a while ago. The enemy of God is good. I got that from John Bevere, in case you've ever followed John Bevere. There's a lot of things we can do that are good, but they're not God. All right, let's go back to Rittenhouse. That's Henning. I don't think that was bad. I just don't think it was necessary. I think there's a lot of things you and I can listen to and get our heads in and try to fix that don't need to be fixed. They're not number one. You need to make sure number one stays number one. Because it is, your, it is in your vision and the fulfilling of it, you will find your joy. Amen. In other words, I'm waking up today, I am a man on a mission. Now, we're going to read a scripture in a minute. It says, for the joy set before Jesus, he endured this cross and despised the shame. What was his mission? To get to the cross, get you redeemed Get, the, get his blood on the altar for all humanity. He went through a lot of trouble, but he was a man on a mission. And for the joy set before him, he went through the hell. Right? So listen, does that mean that you're going to go through hell? No, not necessarily. But, but you will go through trouble. You, listen, and I don't want you to fall apart over that. We're at a season in America and the world where you need to start learning how to handle trouble. And he gave you a supernatural element called joy. The joy of the Lord is your what? You stay in joy, you stay in strength. It doesn't mean that if you walk with God, you'll never have trouble. And I wish people would just get over that. Anyway. So they sailed and went down, and verse 16, it happened as we went to prayer, a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us and brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. The girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim the way of salvation. And this she did many days, and Paul greatly annoyed, turned and said to the devil, you understand, he doesn't need the devil broadcasting the salvation of Jesus. 
He'll do that. All right, we don't need the devil helping us. I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her, and he came out that very hour. Now listen, I want you to understand something. When God told me to go into ministry, now I'm full-time and, and you're not, so I'm not trying to put you in the same boat as I am, but, but in one way we are. We do church. Yes. We, we do church. What we do, we do church. But Satan's not going to let us take a city and go, well, that means there's always trouble in churches. There's always trouble in cities. There's trouble in America. There's trouble in California. There's trouble in New York. There's trouble in Iraq and Iran and Afghanistan. There's trouble everywhere. And people are running around going, oh, we need to send aid to these people. No. Let me, let me, let's get off subject here just a minute. Where in the Bible did God tell you to feed all the hungry people on the planet? Now, he told you to feed the poor, take care of the poor the best we can. He told us to go preach the gospel. God will feed them. Now, people everywhere on the earth have had an opportunity or have an opportunity, but our number one mission in, in Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan is get the gospel to people because whether they eat or don't eat, whether they have a house or don't have a house, whether they ever get a car, the big issue is they don't need to be going to hell. Amen. And all the more, as you see the day coming, quit trying to fix what God told you was going to fall apart. In order for the Jewish time to begin, Gentile time has to stop. Now, I don't know how much of America we can save. I just, I just rocked somebody's boat and plowed somebody's field. Be, because everyone's wanting us to go back to 1776. We're not going back to 1776. Well, we just want America to be saved. Well, it might not be, but people's souls do. And I'm, and I'm tired of hearing the church talk about America while everybody's going to hell. Now, now let's go to Rittenhouse again, just to Rittenhouse, just for a minute. Everybody would, everybody would be happy about what happened because he defended himself. But there's three men and there's two men in hell. Yeah. Now, I, I'm not saying he wasn't, but they wouldn't be in hell and maybe God would have had another 10 years he didn't need to become judge and jury and take care of a building. There are, you need to learn right now, pick your fight. There's fights everywhere. Make sure you're in the right one. And, and some of them are good fights. There's nothing wrong with some of the fights. I mean, they just pulled Andrew Jackson's or Stonewall, whatever is Thomas Jefferson's statue down. And it makes me mad, but I don't, I don't really think I'm going to be picketing that. No, don't get quiet on me. Because something tells me that the whole earth is going to be blown all to hell and back in about seven years anyway. What do you think is going to happen when there's a nuclear war? There's a point coming, and this is called, this is, this is the day of wrath. The day of wrath is a nuclear war. When it says a man's body will melt off of his bone standing, that's a nuclear blast. That's what happened in Hiroshima. But what's going to happen is somebody in the Middle East is going to go to heck with you and push a button. And then they're going to go to heck with you and push a button. And they're going to heck with you and push a button. And, I, and we will not be here. Whatever you believe about the rapture, it, it, there's, I can prove to you from the book of Revelation that we're not appointed to wrath. And, and no matter when we think it's going to happen, we won't be here when they are pushing buttons. Thank you, Jesus. Something to be happy about. Okay. Boy. But it will happen. And there's a lot of stuff we're trying to save it's just not worth it. What about your family? What about people? Worth it. So you and I need to become mission-minded. And I believe the Spirit of God is leading the body of Christ to get back on task. We need to start having prayer meetings for the lost. 
We need to start having prayer meetings for the city to come to Jesus. We need to start talking. We've got a meeting coming up in March of next year with um, Roddy, where we're going to go into downtown Apopka on the south side and one on the south side of a 441 and one on the north side and do two complete different outreaches hoping to reach two different groups of people. We're going to do rap music. We're going to have bicycle giveaways. But listen, we've got to start thinking lost. We've got to start thinking. Forget the fact that we agree or disagree. We don't like them. Put it all aside and, and get the gospel out. Become a man on a mission. Amen? Yeah. All right, okay. I'm, I've been on a mission all of my spiritual life. That, that's what cranks my tractor. I wake up in the morning on a mission. I go to bed on a mission. All right. So I would like to think I, I understand the principle. When I got born again, God gave me a reason to be alive. And that's the thing that's kept me more than anything else. I don't feel I'm finished. But am I afraid of dying? No. Am I afraid of dying too early? Yes. Not afraid. I'm like, um, I got things. Yeah, and once I'm done, I'm done. And I, don't, and I know Copeland wants to be here for 100 years. I, he, can, he can stay here as long as he wants to. More power to him. I hope he makes it. I hope he just sits back and enjoys his whole all the way to 120, whatever he wants to believe about. That's his opinion, and I shouldn't have said his name, but I think everybody knows he's believing for 120. I'm just believing to um, get out of here before all hell breaks loose. When I'm done, I'm done. And I don't want to be here anymore. I'm like, um, I think I'm done. Let's go. Boom. And I'm going to pray. Lisa's going to come in the bedroom and go, no, you're not. And I'm going, yeah, I am. Bye. <laughs> you think you can't do it. You most certainly can do it. You want me to tell the story of how? You, mean, you don't care. You don't. Do you want me to tell the story of? You want me to tell the story? <laughs> Teresa, Teresa, not this Teresa, but um, a Despy. His father was dying of cancer, and I went in the hospital and led him to the Lord, and he got gloriously born again. And they took him out of the hospital and took him home here in Apopka to a family member, and I went over to the house, got him filled with the Holy Ghost, and he, he said, my whole family's forgiven me, and, and, and my family's back, and I love Jesus, and so then they hauled him to Ohio, you know, to die. So he calls me one night and says, I want to go home. You know, I thought you were home. He said, no, I mean, I want to go to heaven. He said, I, I told him to call you because nobody here will get an agreement with me that I want to, I want to go tonight. I don't want to be here anymore. Amen. I said, well, okay, okay. So we prayed. Phone rang, rang seven or eight in the morning. How went home four in the morning. I want to go home. Goodbye. Yep. <laughs> so Lisa, when I feel like I'm done, no. You may have work to do. You can, don't have to cook anymore for me. Take care. She's actually, we had this argument over whether she's Betty Crocker or not, and I found in Tennessee she is Betty Crocker. She's holding out on me major. She's, and she whooped up a breakfast, and I said, where, what, 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 what? She said, I have skills. And I said, yeah, I've noticed that. Anyway. <laughs> So let's get back to this. Verse 16, it happened as we went, the girl, uh, the demon was this girl. She did this, verse 18, many days. Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And he came out that hour. And when her master saw their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them in the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. Are they? No. It's, they're, th this... The left has been around a long time. This has been going on a long time, folks. It's not new. It's new to us. It's not new to the world. They teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to observe 
and of receiving a reserve, and the multitude rose up together, and the magistrates tore off their clothes, commanding them to be beaten with rods. And when they laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, they put him in the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. Stop for a minute and let me ask you a question. Because you cast the devil out of a girl, don't you think that's a little extreme? It would appear to be extreme if you don't add the devil element that Satan is wanting to shut Paul up. See, if you think this is about a demon girl, you're wrong. He walked into a city and he took over. And Satan recognizes authority when he sees it. And Paul challenged Satan's authority in a city and, and set up rulership in a demon stronghold and cast the head devil out. And the people rose up and they attacked Paul because of his authority. Now you need to understand why this is happening. Why is it happening here? Why do they want to shut churches down my answer is no not shutting down do y'all understand we're in a spiritual war and you can't go well don't you think you ought to use a little wisdom of the world no of God I am do you understand that nowhere did Paul go I mean, come on. I mean, we must have really missed God. I mean, we got, we got us in this jail and you got us in this problem and you got us beaten and you said you had a vision and I think it was tacos. I mean, there's no way God led us in this mess. Now, let me, let me back up a minute. I say a lot about Word of Life Church. When I took this church, it was a spirit-filled Methodist church with a board and it was hell. And God wouldn't let me quit. I quit a lot. I did. I quit a lot. It, it, they were, it was miserable. I had to go get a check to go buy toilet paper. I mean, it, it, and I said, God, I'm out of here. He goes, no, you're not. You stay. I had to learn the hard way that just because it's hard doesn't mean I didn't hear from God. Now, let me tell you another story. When I got here from, from Tulsa and worked with Tom Copeland, I was a youth pastor. Now, I didn't even have a building. I, we were in Robinswood Recreation Center, and my, my youth class was outside under an oak tree Sunday morning. We didn't, have, we didn't even have a building. And in my youth group was some of the craziest kids you have ever met. I had two homosexuals. I had a boy and a girl in there that had the rabbit habit beyond anything I've ever seen. They came to youth group to, to hook up. They would, they'd say amen and boom, hit the bushes. We had crybabies, prim and proper, prissies, studs, macho boys. and we had, we, I mean, you name it, we had it in the youth group. And I'm going to tell you, one, one Sunday I'm preaching and the whole youth group, not the whole youth group, I'd say a good number, we're under an oak tree and they picked up acorns and began to throw them at me. And, I, and I'm, I'm preaching and I'm, at first I'm going, I didn't even have a class on what to do. I've never known you could be stoned with acorns while you're preaching by teenagers who don't want to be in church with their parents or making them come. Are y'all getting a picture here? And so there's two boys sitting right there, and they were the ringleaders, and I kicked one of them out of his chair. Now, I've grown since. And I had a flash. Youth pastor kills youth. You know... In the newspaper, and I thought to back off and leave the leave them alone. But you know, at the end of what? How long was I there? Three years, Lisa. About three. My living room one night. I mean, I took them in my living room and I made them pray. I made them pray. Now here's the thing: their parents were making them come, and they didn't want to be there, and I didn't want them to be there either. 
I'm looking for people hungry for God. I don't have people hungry for God. I got little idiots. Now, I'm I'm telling you the truth because I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not just making a story just to make a story. And I'm thinking, God, what in the world are you doing? I mean, I went to to Raymond to teach the word. So one day I'm at work and I'm working a secular job because the youth, they don't don't pay youth pastors nothing. You know, they don't don't get any money. They just, you you should be glad you're here. Anyway, so, so I'm at work. And I'm working in Fern Park at an apartment complex, making about uh, $7 an hour. And, and the parking lot is so old that it's got pea gravel in it. You know what I mean? When the asphalt starts falling apart and it, it, it pops up and it makes, well, I heard someone walking across. I got a clipboard in my hand and I'm reading it to see where the next house I'm going to go to and fix a dishwasher or the faucet or toilet or whatever I'm doing. And I hear crunch, 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 crunch. Someone's walking across the parking lot. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm just standing there, and I went, and there's nobody there, and I went, <laughs> I know someone walked up to me, and, and it was the Lord, and he put his arms around me, and he grabbed me from this side, and he pulled me up. So I'm standing there like this, and he goes, <laughs> I guess that looked weird if you saw it, because you wouldn't see anybody. And he's got me in his arms, and he said, um... I sent you here because I have a problem. And I sent you here because I believe you can fix it. And he said, I wouldn't send you anywhere that I didn't have a problem because I don't need you there. And he says, and when you get this one fixed, I have another place for you. And that's when I knew it'll be tough. God, listen to me, he's not sending you to do anything easy. We're not living in an easy time. Get over it. We've got to get over it. So the long story of it, and Lisa will tell you this is true. Melanie was in the youth group, and we had, so I would bring them over to my house, and I was on Christian Way, and I had a big living room, big, big living room in the front of the house, and I made the kids sit down in groups of three and four and pray over, just sit down and pray. We had volleyball, we had basketball, we had music, we had boys and girls and cookies and potato chips and all the stuff that gets kids in there, you know, all the stuff, to get, all the bait to get them in. Then I would have a half an hour with them and, and read the Bible to them and preach to them and they'd look at me like a dog in a new bowl. And then I started making them pray. And I, when I did, I would get down and get in their face and I go, I cannot hear a thing you are saying. I I would like to hear something coming out of your mouth. And they're like. Finally, I would sit there about four inches from their mouth and pray in tongues until I made them pray in the spirit. And I went from group to group to group to group every Wednesday night. And, And after about, what, three or four months, they're all praying in the spirit. They're, one of them's praying in English, one's praying. Then the gifts of the Spirit begin to operate. Then kids are getting born again. They're starting to have prophecies, tongues, and interpretation. And one night at the end of the prayer meeting, I said, kids, prayer meeting's over. You can go do whatever you want to. And they all looked at me and said, no, we want to pray. And I'm going, and the Spirit of God said, you're done here. And I went, I just got him where I wanted him. (laughs) But, But back to what he said to me. I sent you here because I have a problem. He sent you here. Apopka in America has a problem, and we're here to be an answer to it. And the word fear means to flee. We don't need people running and hiding right now. All right, now let's go back to the scripture because this is so massively huge. When they laid many stripes on them, that's not right. They threw them in prison, commanded the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, they put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. This, in a natural, this is not a good day. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and doing what? 
singing hymns and the prisoners heard them. This is supernatural joy. How did, why, how did Paul, I, I've read that and I've read that and I've read that and my question is, how did he pull that off? Because he knows who he is and he knows why he's here. I'm not allowing what the devil's doing to steal my joy. You can't have my joy. What is the song I was singing this morning? This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it and the devil can't take it away. The world can't take it away. If there ever was a time that the church needs to start singing, the, wor- the world, if, you are, if you're full of joy, you're an odd. Now, you're odd. And you need to be odd. One more time. You need to be odd. When everybody else around you is acting like, oh, COVID, you need to be going, glory to God. Now, I started off my sermon tonight talking about the return of Jesus. Could that be a reason to stay focused? I mean, does it excite you to think maybe one year, worse seven? Listen, let's talk about the millennial reign. We, we, We need to get in here one day and talk about no left, no Democrats, no unjust politicians, no COVID, no pandemics, no, no taxes, no stores closing, nobody dying, no, all, all liars are gone. All liars are gone. And we're going to be here. And folks, that is so close, we can smell it, and it is really going to happen. He is coming back, and the lion is going to lay down with the lamb, and we are going to enter a thousand years where we don't even care about Trump is doing. We got Jesus on the throne. We got somebody bigger than Trump ever was, and, we, and, and all of his enemies are going to be in the pit of hell, so he ain't got to worry about no lawsuits. And folks, it's around the corner, and no matter what happens right now, no matter what happens, that's coming. I mean, that ought to wake you up in the morning and go, woo! Seven years, max. Maybe one. Glory to God. I mean, now, why, why, why can't we live? Well, you never know. Yes, you can. He said day or hour. So let me throw out an idea of you that why I think we don't know the hour. Y'all want to know? How many hours on the earth right now? 24. If the rapture takes place on a day, it has to be that day everywhere. Am I right? It does. That means that when the sun hits the international dateline, the whole earth for one second will be in a day but you will all be in a different time zone. So people in California don't know what, they're gonna go up at a different time, but at the same day. So you can't, you know, that's why you don't know the, the time unless you wanna figure out when that will be and then you could figure out what time it will be when the rapture takes place. It's Wednesday in Israel right now. Huh? It's Wednesday in Israel. It's Wednesday. Oh, sorry, it's Thursday. It's Thursday there. Right now. Does that make sense to y'all? So, so, so when it says the last trump, I, I, I thought we just had the last trump. No, never mind, I'm teasing. No, but, but see, I don't know enough about Jewish culture to know the difference between the Rosh Hashanah trump and the Yom Kippur trump. And I, and I, don't, and I don't know. That means that I can pretty much pinpoint it'll be September, but... Uh, you just want to stay ready all month. Now, now, is that not a good witnessing tool? Don't you think we ought to start coming up with some tracks to explain the, how close it is before the tribulation and the mark of the beast and all hell breaks loose 
so you can think seriously about the fact that you might want to start thinking about where you're going to be forever? You know, I said this one time, and, and I, it bears repeating. I only do the speed limit for one reason. I don't want to pay a fine. And, and don't, don't, don't get mad at me. I think 100 is good speed. I mean, I think 100 on the interstate should be normal, just... I mean, when you're going 14 hours someplace, 70's creepy. I want to put the metal to the pedal to the metal and rock this thing out. And that's why I think that we need to get a plane. Because, because I, because I, and I think that 200 is, is just barely the right speed for, for an airplane. That's, that's like minimum. Okay. So, laws are good, they curb us. Don't you think it has a curbing effect on a human to know that you'll be in hell in a year if you don't straighten up? You're going to hell. You're going, to, you're going straight to hell. And Jesus will be back in, in about one year, and the, and the tribulation will begin, and you're going to be here, stupid. Do you want to get right? Yes, I do. You know, everybody's asking, were we in the trip? Why are they asking that? Uh, there was a lady in Tulsa that I knew, and um, she wasn't living right. And one day, her boss didn't come to work, and I didn't show up at work. And, and she panicked. And she called and said, are you here? I said, yeah. She went, oh, God, I thought the rapture took place. Why would it bother you? Why don't you start living right so you're not worried about when the rapture takes place? <laughs> At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. I, I think that's a powerful scripture, and I think the only reason that he, that he did that was that he was a man of purpose. Now, he called us to do something. And I'm going to give you a couple more scriptures. Hebrews 12, 2 says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame. Luke 21, 28, it says, As you see these things coming, look up. We're supposed to be looking for his return soon. All right. I want to read something um, in, in Mark's book here. It's called The Attitude of Faith. Can I sit down and look like a, um, a professional preacher in America today without skinny pants? Jeans. <laughs> Doesn't Justin look nice? He did a wedding today. Preached to a bunch of heathen. I saw you shooting some guns too and all kind of stuff. He got one of his buddies born again and they weren't married. And they came and said, what do we do? And he said, well, you need to get married. And they said, well, who? And he's, so Justin did the wedding. That's what happens when you get someone saved who's not saved and they're living together and you go, well, you ought to get married. Amen. All right. This is a powerful story and I pray it has a good impact on you. I once read a book about a man named Viktor Frankl. Viktor was a Jew in a Nazi concentration camp in World War II. He lived in a flea-infested, diseased area. Think about that. He was constantly badgered, harassed, beaten, and made to carry burdens. Victor said that in the Nazi concentration camp, he could tell when a person was getting ready to give up and die. He could look in the eyes of those around him and see their attitude had begun to change. He could also see in it the posture as they walked when hopelessness had taken over their life. Although physically they could have survived and lived longer, mentally they had broken down. What's this called? It's called hopelessness. What's, what is hopelessness? It's when you are looking at the world. He told us don't be conformed to the world. Come out and get out of that world. Don't you look, walk, talk, and act like them. So we know Paul is not hopeless. He's in jail and he's not hopeless. 
Victor said he could tell when they're ready to lay down, stop eating, give up and die. He said he could see it in their attitude. Victor Frankl determined that there was one thing the Nazis would never control in his life. They would not control his attitude. He said the last of all human freedoms is the ability to choose one's own attitude regardless of circumstances. I want you to think about your job right now. I want you to think about your boss right now. I want you to think about what's going on. And I want you to make up your mind that nothing that the government will do is going to change your attitude. Now, I've been laid off. Why would that not bother me? I didn't move to Orlando to work a secular job anyway. I came here because I have a call of God and I have a place God wants me. You do too. You have a place. You have a call. You have a reason you're here. And it's bigger than where you're working. It's bigger than what you're doing. It's bigger than that. Now, I understand that you don't want to just have a nonchalant attitude about work. You want to work. You want to go to work. You don't want to go broke for no reason. Or, uh, you're not going to go broke. But anyway, so when I worked at Philip Crosby and Associates, a job that God got me, I came here to be, a, to be in ministry, and I was a youth pastor. And even though that didn't pay anything, I had to get a regular job. But that regular job didn't mean a lot to me. My life here, my house, my truck, all of that means little. They don't hold me. They don't have, I mean, you know, I came home one day from a hunting trip and someone broke in our house, stole all my guns, and I went and I went, oh, crap. Well, I bought more. Yep. And I'm not, I'm not going to fall apart because some numbnut stole my guns. I like them and I don't want anybody to steal them. That's why they were in a safe. Were in a safe. Anyway, and I don't, I don't want... But I'm here in the world, and I know why I'm in the world. I'm here to make a difference and to get a job done and get out. Amen. So are you. Amen. All right. The spirit of faith affects every area of your life. Paul gave us two necessary ingredients to a spirit of faith, believing and speaking. Believing is the attitude of faith, and you can choose fear or doubt, or you can choose to have an attitude of faith. Even in the middle of adversity, your faith will get you to your destination. God will get you there if you maintain a spirit of faith. And you've got to speak to mountains, and you've got to master your attitude. Now, back to my story. I was at Philip Crosby and Associates, and, and they had a big layoff. They, somebody at work did something dumb, and it cost them financially. Well, guess who gets laid off? Well, the bus driver does. Does that mean the guys that own the Cadillacs turn them in? No, God forbid you turn your Cadillac in. We would just get rid of employees. But it's a way of getting rid of people you don't like anyway. It's called layoff. It's really they fire you anyway. And I had a bad habit of running around singing and talking to the guys on the bus about Jesus wanting to know where the girly bars were. And it probably didn't set well with the people there. You know, that bus driver is telling us about church every time we get on. I mean, we're down here. We want to go to girly bars. And he's talking about we need to go to church. We need to go to church. And now we can't even go to the girly bars without feeling under condemnation because of your stupid bus driver. So naturally, I understood my days were numbered. It was totally unfair. But anyway, I walked in the office, and everybody in the office is, you know, everybody's going in full of anxiety, and they're coming out crying. Everybody's crying. Everybody's crying. Well, something's going on in the office. Everybody come out. <laughs> so they brought me in and said, I mean, they, I thought it was in a funeral home. I thought somebody died. I mean, they were, you know, talking about how we're so sorry. And I'm going, ah, oh, you're not. You know, you're not I'm not stupid. You know, I was born last night. I was born at night. When last night? They said, we're going to have to lay you off. And I went, glory to God. And he said, I think you misunderstood me. I said, I didn't misunderstand. I'm getting fired. He goes, no, you're not. Oh, no, we will help you get a job. I said, you can't even run a co-. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I wanted to say that so bad. You can't even run a company. You're going to help me get a job? I don't need you. So I looked at the guys right there, and I said, let me tell you something. God got me this one. I'll have one before the sun comes up. Because Mark 11, 24, 24 says, I have what I say. Yep. 
And I said, listen, gentlemen, let me pray for you. That hasn't happened in all the people that walked in that office. May I pray for y'all? And the, one of the guys, I don't want to say what, was not living right at all, not even close. Anyway, so I just reached over and laid hands on them, asked God to bless the company, bring them out of their big funk. See, do you remember how much they paid for the ashtrays? $500 a piece. Yeah. And, and then they have to get rid of a guy making $7 an hour. That's really a yeah, that's terrible. Just sell the ashtray. You can keep me for another month. So, <laughs> but, it, but I never lost sight of why I'm here. I, I didn't come here to go to work for him. I came here because I have a reason to be on this planet. That has never left my soul. I wake up in the morning. I am a man with a mission. And I want to get my mission accomplished. That was the reason I started the Bible school. It's the reason we did this church. It's the reason we're having outreaches. It's the reason we stayed open in COVID. It's because I have a mission. I want people who want to grow in God to be mature. I want to raise up a people that know how to witness, get, be ready for the last days. I want to see you in heaven. We've, we've gotten a lot of work yet to be done. There's people to be reached. That takes priority over everything. Now, doing pretty good. Yes, you are. Yes. Acts 26, 2. Let me just turn over there. How are we doing for time? Good. Pretty good. And I'm going to prove this to you with the scripture, 26, 2. I think, no, let's read one. King Agrippa said to Paul, you are permitted to speak for yourself. And Saul, Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself. He's been arrested He's been arrested. Now, let's go to back to Rittenberg, Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse. I've always thought that would be fun. <laughs> you, you, when the whole world is listening to you and you have a camera in your face and you go, this is my moment. I'm going to tell everybody in the world how to get born again right now. Yeah, you just say, well, I mean, they're, they're listening to you, and they're not going to turn the cameras off, right? I mean, they want to hear my testimony. What do you have to say about it? Would you please take the stand? Well, let me explain to you all a little bit about why I did what I did. But really, the honest-to-God truth is I'm greatly concerned about America and the souls of all people. I'm very concerned about the fact that the two guys, I had to kill them, and they're in hell right now. And I don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't want anybody in this courtroom to go to hell. I don't want anybody in America to go to hell. But we're going to go to hell if we don't return to God. Now, let me open up my Bible for a minute, and they've got to let you go. Now, what do you think CNN's going to do with that? That's going to be a ball. But you want to talk about ticket? This bridge got up there and told everybody was going to hell. And I said, well, the president of the United States, I don't want him to go to hell, and I don't want uh, Nancy Pelosi to go to hell. But if they don't change, Jesus said, what's it profit to gain the world and lose your soul? Folks, it doesn't do any good if you gain the world and bring in a new world order and you end up in hell for it. Now, listen, I mean, I, mean, I would just, and, and listen, if they're going to, I can preach two or three hours without stopping. Y'all don't know that. I can and I want them to write it all down. I want the court recorder to write it all down. I want it in every newspaper in the United States of America. I want them to write, write down what I just said. <laughs> anyway, Paul has been arrested. He is arrested. I thank myself, happy King Agrippa, because today I'm going to answer for myself before you concerning the things which I am accused of by the Jews, especially because you expect expert in all customs and questions which you have the Jews, therefore I beg you my manner of life. Okay, where am, I, where am I trying to go here? Oh, verse 19. Jump down to verse 19. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Paul is a man driven with purpose. Now think about his in jail, beat, what do you think he's thinking about in jail? He ain't thinking about his back. And he's not thinking about the shackles. And he's not thinking about that jail. He's planning his next meeting. <laughs> and he's going, you know what? We need to pray. God sent us here. And we need to pray right now for this jailer to get saved. Start a church in his house. 
We need to pray over this city. I mean, there's a strong, and, and, and they took off right there. I mean, they're locked up, physically locked up, but their soul is not locked up. They're still full of joy. So the circumstance isn't controlling them. Satan's using it to control them, but it didn't work. And they started praying, and we read the rest of it. It says God shook the whole jail, and their chains fell off. Do you think it would have happened if they'd lost their joy? No, they'd still be sitting there. This is where the great apostle Paul died in jail because him and Silas had a pity party. I thought I was doing pretty good. So where do we go from here? I'm going to tell you something. Between now I count myself happy. We live in the most exciting time. We are the raptured. People have been preaching about this for years, and we are like here. The greatest harvest, the world right now is hungry. It's easier to talk about Jesus right now than any time in my life in America. People aren't turning you off. You know, I'm looking at people going, are you ready to meet Jesus? And they're not going, "Uh uh-uh. They're like, they even sinners know. They like, "Um, something's up. Yeah, something's up, darling. Do you have any idea how soon his return is? I mean, no matter where I'm in a store, I'm talking to a cash register and cashier, and I said, do you ready to meet Jesus? Some of them said, I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. I said, well, you don't need to. Listen, just, I mean, just open up and just, I mean, they're crazy. You get crazy with them. I mean, if they're going to act like crazy, you just get crazy and they already think you're crazy. Just go ahead and go there. I want to do a track on how much time we have left and start passing it out. I don't think people will throw it down. I think they'll read it. How much time do we really have? Is this the mark of the beast? (laughs) Where's that church? Come on. This is exciting. Now, let's go over the end of it all. Let's go. When it's over, it's over. Do you want to be here? I don't want to be here. So I'm not afraid of what's happening. I'm, I'm not afraid of what the stupid government will do. I'm not afraid. We were taught, we were trained for this time. We're equipped. We know more Bible than Smith Wigglesworth. And we read books on him and he's up there. Do you know when you get to heaven? They want to meet you. Do you think about that a minute? Because no generation has ever lived during this time. This is the most strategic. The one when Jesus came the first time, that's a big deal. The second time, that's huge. And we're ushering it in. If there ever was a time that we ought to be, and I'm going to use a secular word, we ought to be the happiest bunch of people running the planet right now. I mean, we ought to be waking up in the morning going, ah, yeah. it's the last days. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's right. In God good. Yes. So we have a supernatural joy. Let's use it. Let's start using this. Joy, peace, righteousness. You're impregnated with it. If Paul and Silas can sing in jail after being beat, I'm pretty sure y'all can sing right now. You can just sing. I know it's Thanksgiving. We're supposed to preach on Thanksgiving, and I just kind of did, didn't I? Rather than Thanksgiving, let's just talk about joy. Joy. That's some joy. I've got to tell you one more story. When I lived in Tulsa, I had a neighbor, and I'll tell you his name. What was it? Zukowski. What was what was, what was Jane and Bill Zukowski? Kozlowski. Kozlowski. Now, Tom and I lived in one duplex, 
And Bill and Jane lived next door. And he did not believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So every day when we would get home from Ramah, Tom and I would be sitting outside watching the girls ride their bicycles, and Bill would come over to get in a fight with us about tongues. And me and Tom would, would crack on him and give him scriptures, and, and, and he'd always leave and go home mad. He'd, he'd stomp off. And he was always, always upset, always upset. And one day he came over and he says, I have a question. I said, like you haven't had others. He said, why is it that I'm right and you're wrong and you're happy and I'm not? And I went, Shandai. And he stormed off. And he came back and he went to Sheridan Church with us. Jane wanted to get baptized. And while she was being baptized, when she came up out of the water, she started speaking in tongues. Now, his wife had secretly been studying the baptism. He's in the audience watching his wife speaking in tongues in a baptism pool in the Assembly of God Church. And he stands up in the back and starts screaming, that's not my wife, that's not my wife. And he throws a fit back there. And somehow during the night, he got filled with the Holy Ghost too. Now, you know what the clincher was? We were happy. You, you, your doctrine don't mean anything if you're mean and mad and upset all the time. People run around, I want to tell you right now, you need Jesus. Uh, I mean, if it ain't fixing your face, we don't want what you got. I know what it's like to get drunk. I mean, I had better times being drunk and stoned than some Christians do in church, you know. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't swap for the lesser. I wanted to get the most high. I wanted to get a whole lot more. <laughs> so tomorrow is Thanksgiving, and I think right now it's time for you and I to start thinking about we really need, we need to purpose. You purpose now. I will not allow this world to steal my joy. You're not taking my joy. You're not throwing anything at me that's going to take my joy away. Because the worst case scenario, I'm going to sit down and go, well, I'll be out of here soon anyway. That's right. and, and isn't that exciting to think about? We don't think about it much. But it's going to happen. And I mean, there will be no problems on this earth. And none ever again. Never again. Never again. And it says that we will look back and hardly remember these days. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm 68, and I was 30 about a month or two ago. It went quick. It went, I remember when Lisa and I got married. I think that was a couple of years, about at least two years, three years ago we got married. It seems like it's moving. Is the next few going to move quick? I think it is. But I think right now, just for my personal, I, I got so much to do, so many things I want to get done. And I've just made up my mind to be a man of purpose. Amen. Amen. Are you all ready to pray? Father, thank you for a Thanksgiving day where we can get together and, and, and just think seriously about the time we're in. And my heart's prayer is everybody in this room right now would live their life full of joy. And it has to do with why we're here and whether we're fin running our race and finishing our course. We've all got something we've got to get done before we get out of here. And I pray that becomes primary to us right now. There will be obstacles. There will be. You said you always cause us to triumph in Christ Jesus. You always. That means that there will be trouble, but there's always triumph. And in everything, we're to give you thanks. We're not thanking you tomorrow just for the food we have and the house we live in. We're thanking you for the new birth, thanking you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the church. Thank you for America. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the fact that we know the Bible. Thank you that you redeemed us. Thank you that you pulled us out of darkness into light. Thank you for the friends that we have. Thank you. Thank you that you've never left us. Thank you that we have the blood of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that we have a promise that you're returning. Thank you. 
That no matter what happens, you're coming back. No matter what's going on, you're coming back. And I give you the glory that we have the name. We have the ability to pray in the Holy Ghost. We have all of those things. And we have food and houses and clothes and good things. You give us all things to enjoy. So we thank you. And we're a very thankful people. And we give you the glory and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, say joy. Joy. All right. I expect to see some singing Sunday morning. And I don't know when I'm going to do my end days sermon. But it gets quiet in here when we start talking about it because everybody's scared to death. Well, we don't get scared. If you're not ready to go, you need a sermon on getting Y'all get out of here. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.